we definitely had mixed reactions. So it was a bit like, um, I don't know, we have uh, Marmite in the UK and you either love it or you hate it. <laughs> so um, definitely in the early days, it was a bit of a Marmite reaction. So you either got it and you loved it or it it's like, this is disgusting. Why would anybody want to collect our chewing gum? Even today, I mean, we still get people who just think it's the most revolting thing, which I can un understand, <laughs> you know, collecting other people's chewing gum. But um I think the uh, the pros outweigh the cons. You're listening to Waste Design Shop, a weekly show about how founders, creatives, and innovators are using waste as a raw material to create innovative design products. What if you could turn today's trash into tomorrow's billion-dollar business idea? We're here to open your mind to what's possible. Learn what waste products are ripe for the picking, get inspired to design for a circular economy, and shop to reflect your values of a brighter and healthier future. I'm your host, Emily Packer, founder of Cold Harbor Tiles. Today, we're learning from Anna Bullis, the founder and managing director of Gumdrop Limited, based in London. After launching at the end of 2008, Gumdrop became the first company in the world to recycle and process chewing gum, the second most common form of litter after cigarette butts. Anna has managed to transform used chewing gum into a range of gum tech compounds that can be used in the rubber and plastics industry. I talked to Anna about why smart design is key for success, what products have been made from chewing gum, and why even when the going got tough, she never let anyone burst her bubble. My name's Anna Bullis. I'm the founder of Gumdrop Limited, which is a company that specializes in recycling chewing gum. Um, I do chew, but I don't chew a huge amount. Um, so it's not that I, I don't like it. It's something that I've never done a huge amount. I have to say in the early days of starting this project, when I actually needed uh, gum in order to experiment with, then yeah, I was, I was probably the chewing gum industry's number one chewer. So I studied um, product design, um, but the course that I did at university was really heavily based around materials. Um, so I got a lot of exposure to plastics um, at that time, which is what I actually specialized in. Um, so that's sort of where, where it all began. It was part of a final year project at university uh, and I was looking at um, uh, what litters we, we recycled. So it was part of a sort of recycling um, paper I was doing. And uh, on the way back home from university, I decided that I would pick up all of the litter that I came across on my walk home. Um, and one of the things that I saw was a, a piece of gum. Um, and so when I got home, I started looking up, uh, Googling, you know, what's done with crisp packets or um, cigarette boxes or cans. 
Um, and a lot of the litter that I was researching, I could find recycling initiatives that existed for those. Um, but when I started to look into chewing gum, I could not find a thing. So I was like, wow, there's nothing um, that you can do in order to responsibly dispose of your chewing gum um, so sort of in a sustainable manner. Um, you know, if, even if you throw it into a normal uh bin it's going to probably end up in landfill so I just started sort of coming up with reading so many different articles and learning all these different facts um, around how much we spend on chewing on cleaning up gum litter um, the fact that it you know it litters our streets globally and I was just absolutely amazed um, that nobody was doing anything with it and that really was the catalyst for me to start looking closer into sort of what chewing gum was and what what you could possibly do with it. One of the the biggest things was actually um, people just didn't see it as a litter. Um, So one, um, one of the sort of most shocking facts that I read was that gum litter was actually only declared a litter in 2005. Um, And I think as well, when people sort of look at the streets and you'd ask them to point to a piece of litter, um, they, they point to, you know, an overspilled bin that, or, you know, uh, cigarette butts, um, but never really chewing gum litter. It was sort of this pattern that became part of our urban landscape that nobody was really paying any attention to. So I think that was partly one of the reasons that nobody had really looked into it or come up with an idea to do something. Um, and I think definitely as I sort of delved deeper into into chewing gum, um, it is one of the most unstable materials to work with, um, which has... Um, poised all sorts of different challenges. I'd say that most mornings I woke up and thought I was completely mad for doing what I'm doing. Um, And um, I had a lot of people say, what are you doing? This is never going to work. Even if it does work, what are you going to do with it? But I don't know, something in me just really wanted to do it. And I think um, I'm the kind of person that when I have an idea and I see potential in it, I really want to make sure that I realise this. And I think as the sort of years went by, I was spending more and more time on this, that it became, there was no option for it not to work. (laughs) Um, I was very determined to make it work and actually, you know, on the flip side, there, there was a market, there's a market out there, there was demand for a product like that, there was nothing, there was this gap in the market that was, wasn't being filled. Um, and that just spurred me on, on more. It's worth mentioning that um, chewing gum is, is made of a synthetic rubber. Um, so it's that part of the chewing gum that we're able to utilize um, and we take that and we add various other um, recycled uh, materials 
in order to make the the end compound, which will go on to make the end product. And it very much depends on uh, what you add into the mix um, to create that end application. So it's not always the same. If you made a product out of 100% recycled chewing gum and it was a really hot day and the sun was shining on it, um, by the end of the day, it would just be a melted, glooping mess all over the table. So it was it was very hard to control and know how to control and how to work with it as a material um, because it was it was not a stable material. I think in, initially my my overall mission was just to create a moldable material from weight from uh, gum litter. Um, and once I'd been successful in doing that, it was then thinking, right, how can I then use this material uh, to help uh, reduce the problem of, of gum litter? Um, so that's how the idea of the gumdrop bin came around and um, really to try and encourage the public to drop their waste gum into these bins that could be um, placed in high footfall areas where there's a lot of gum litter um, and in turn we could then take that and recycle it um, and then it dawned on me that actually what you could do is you could um, make it into a closed loop process so the idea of actually filling up one of these bins with waste chewing gum and then using that to then create the next lot of bins so for every full gumdrop that we receive, we can actually make three new gumdrop bins. Um, and in terms of the actual design, um, we've been through quite a few different prototypes. Um, but essentially, I think the, um, the overarching design is that we wanted it to look like a, a bubblegum bubble. Um, and we wanted it to be really bright so that it would catch people's attention because they're quite small um, and encourage people to find out what they were. So the reason we chose pink is it was the first color of bubblegum. Um, and I think a lot of people associate that color with, you know, blowing these huge big bubbles when you're kids um, and that sort of playful element that comes into to chewing gum. So we really wanted to try and capture that. But then at the same time, we had to fulfill um, a lot of other needs uh, because it was going into uh, street urban environments. So it had to be strong. Um, it had to be easy for people to dispose of their gum in without actually touching any of the sides. It had to deter lots of litter, other litters that people might want to put in there. Um, so actually there's quite a tight brief that we had to design to, um, and we had a lot of, uh, trials, um, to, to test various different designs. And that's what finally made us land on the, the gumdrop bin as, as we know it today. Across the board, um, 
in the first 12 weeks of use, we roughly um, see a over a 40% decrease in gum litter in the immediate areas where the gumdrop bins are being um, used, um, which is which was fantastic. That's always um, rising as well. The more work we do and the more people understand the, the concept and the story, I think this is constantly um, increasing, which is great. Um, I suppose the other stat that we're incredibly proud of uh, is that all of our customers that use the gumdrop bins, they actually save more than what the contract is worth um, in terms of versus cleaning up that gum litter if it was if it had landed on the floor. Um, so we're incredibly proud of that and we hope that to maintain that stat. Um, and we we save we save close to a million pounds a year in cleaning costs across our contracts in the UK at the moment. And again, that's always uh, growing as, as we get as we get bigger. The universities that we trialled with um, were very, very welcoming. Um, and also, I think it was a great um, sort of platform to launch from because um, the target audience um, was perfect in terms of the fact that they were the biggest chewers. Um, we definitely had mixed reactions. So it was a bit like... Um, I don't know, we have uh, Marmite in the UK and you either love it or you hate it. <laughs> so um, definitely in the early days, it was a bit of a Marmite reaction. So you either got it and you loved it or it's like, this is disgusting. Why would anybody want to collect our chewing gum? Even today, I mean, we still get people who just think it's the most revolting thing, which I can un understand, <laughs> you know, collecting other people's chewing gum. But um I think the uh, the pros outweigh the cons. We we, we get a lot of emails um, saying, "Oh, have you thought about uh, making this from Gumtech or you know this, that, and the other?" And I think two of the funniest ones that we got back that I can think of was turning it into new chewing gum, and the second one was condoms. Um, and for both of those. I'm desperately trying to see where there would be a market for this. And I think I'd be more horrified if there was a market for those two things. Um, but yes, it would be possible. <laughs> we do do some compounds, uh, which we have a, a bubblegum smell. I have to say it is an organic scent that we add into it. Um, the sort of natural processing smell is it's just very sweet um it doesn't particularly smell gum like it's just incredibly it's an incredibly sweet smell so um we did some wellington boots that we that we made um and we did some pink ones that smelt of bubble gum we did some blue ones that smelt of, of peppermint and um, they went down incredibly well with the kids <laughs> we offer we've got probably our most um popular product is the americano mugs um we also do a number of stationary products um and we've got sort of lunch boxes um so those are sort of our standard products we've got a number of um products which we'll hopefully be launching next year which are in the pipeline um and we sell those um to individuals or we work with um larger companies who want to brand um, the products in order for, for giveaways. 
Um, and actually one of the, uh, we've done one sort of interesting project we did with the Americano mugs was with a university um, in, in England and they wanted to reduce the amount of paper cups that they were using each year. So they actually gave one of our Gumtech Americano mugs to every new student um, coming in that year. And I think over the whole year, they saved just over 60,000 paper cups from being used. So this is now a yearly project, which is fantastic. So um, that's one of the projects I'm proud of because, uh, you know, our, our product's helping to to create change again through for, for other waste um, lines as well. We had actually been working on, well, the Wellington boots. We'd also been working on um, creating a compound for um, shoe soles. And we got a call one day from um, Leo ben Burnett, who's the advertising agency, saying, oh, we've got this crazy idea. Uh, we want to make a trainer made from recycled chewing gum. Is it possible? And I said, actually... It's not so crazy. We've got we've actually got a compound ready to go for the for the shoe sole. So um, they were based in Amsterdam. So they joined up with Amsterdam Council and a fashion brand in Amsterdam called Explicit. Um, and the idea was to try and raise the awareness of gum litter within um, Amsterdam. Um, as well as obviously produce um, a product to showcase to people what you could actually do with your with your recycled chewing gum. So the actual um, shoe design was really cool. Obviously it was pink, um, connotations to, to bubble gum. Um, and also they'd done a map of Amsterdam where they had collected some of the, the waste gum um, and also the reason it was a, a trainer, again, was to just marry the two, the fact that we walk these urban streets every single day. And yet there's this landscape of gum litter that is just there, not being utilized. And it was really to try and just bring awareness and to um, excite people as to what they could actually do with their you know something as small as a piece of chewing gum what it could go towards um so we did uh i think we did we did um an initial run of just limited edition run of 500 pairs and they just sold out in a matter of weeks we were absolutely gobsmacked um so it was a great project to be involved in we've definitely um hopefully got more things uh, uh coming um in that sense uh, in the pipeline um so it, it was the start the start of something very exciting first of all um closed loop means that um the product that you produce plastic product that you produce or can actually come back and be reintroduced into your recycling process at any time and then be made into the next product and that is a, a, a process process that can go on and on and on so it can be recycled again and again and again um, this was incredibly important um, to us and actually all of the products that we produce are based on this closed loop process and that is because you know today we find 
plastics um, in our oceans, um, right the way through to our food chain. Um, and I think plastic, well, plastics is seen as this huge, um, you know, waste that we're just never going to get rid of. And one of the, I suppose, biggest worries for me was that actually by producing these plastic products, we were adding um to this huge problem and I really didn't want to be seen to be doing that so actually what we are doing is we're only taking what is already in circulation and recycling that again and again and again we're not actually adding um, to that cycle Um, so that's why it was incredibly important for us that um, all of our products were based on, on, on this process. I think if you're thinking of entering into the this space, then I would say 100% do it because the more people that do, um, the more impact we're going to have on our environment and the more hope we have of, of turning climate change around. So I would absolutely say do it. <laughs> um, and I think with anything, with starting a, a, a business, it's it's really hard. <laughs> it has its highs, it has its lows. Um, but I think if you've got an idea that you believe in enough, you will you will absolutely make it happen. You can learn more about GumTech, their gumdrop bin, and various products made from recycled chewing gum by visiting their website at gumdropltd.com. That's it for today. Thank you for joining us. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and share with a friend. It's time to eliminate the concept of waste.